0: Hello, it's the IGN UK podcast. Daniel Krupa's here. Hello. The other fella's here. Hello. Luke, Luke Kamali. I forgot you. Do you know I actually forgot your name for a split second? You're the other fella. Not That's fine. That's not fine. bad. I'm, of course, Stuart Reed. It's heavenly to be back. Uh, this is podcast number 225. 225 of these melon farmers. Uh, and I think out of 225, I think we've done, what, seven, eight good ones? It's not a bad average lads Come on No it's true Yeah be fair um, We won't do them together anymore usually. No <laughs> they have to break us Into little teams <laughs> So we don't run riot I'm a bit concerned That Luke and I Are back together For the first time Since the chaos Of oh, 221 two, I believe it I is I think it was <laughs> The legend, legendary
1: 221 Luke as it's known A podcast I have that In infamy I know I have In infamy In infamy On my penis Do Next. you really yeah. Oh Good. Luke it didn't take you long To bring that up uh,
0: well. We are going to talk About scary games And scary films And we are going to read out Reader Feedback. Is this um, the musical episode? Yes, I really,
2: dear one. God, I hope not. This is What's what the other one was like. Yeah. 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 Just was right, no, let's get back, on, tra- back Before, on track.
0: Let's get on with the news. News, 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 Daniel. Daniel has got news about a video game person.
2: <laughs> yes, this is about, um, <laughs> yeah, video game person. This is about Justin Richmond, who was the director working on the PS4 iteration of Uncharted, mm. and he has now left Naughty Dog this week. Why? He says, "I have in fact made the decision to leave Naughty Dog. I love the company and the people, and know that they will continue to create awesome games going forward." On a happier note, after careful consideration and exploration, I've enjoyed Riot Games. There is some he's really enjoyed what it, he's joined Riot Games. Oh, sorry, who the guys are Li- uh, League of Legends. Yes, yeah, so there is some really innovative stuff going on here, and I can't wait to be a part of it.
0: Hmm, what's the problem here, though? Because, well, you know, it, he was making Uncharted 4. Yeah. And, and this that's, comes that's very, a pretty big game. And this
2: comes very shortly after um, creative director of Naughty Dog, Amy Hennig, um, departed as well. Um, Sony, she was the writer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sony. What, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because both, both these people were name checked by Sony when the project was announced. Like, Amy's working on it, Justin's working on it, and now they've both departed before we even really have a proper reveal for the game. And
1: that was announced, what, VGX Awards, which Mm. was November?
2: Yeah, so mm, Mm. people Mm. don't
1: tend to walk away from
2: things they're really happy or enjoying or proud of.
1: And it comes off the back of the fact... (laughs) Just (laughs) putting that (laughs) out there. But it comes off the back of all these other layoffs, right? There's um, Workplace bullying. Workplace bullying. Right. uh, Of stuff in you know, um, Sony evolution. Elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, drive club developers, but of all
2: the Sony developers not to suffer from layoffs. I don't, these are not layoffs. These are, these are walk-offs. Yeah. These are walk-offs, yeah. Dan. It, yeah.
0: Nobody's laying down. This it's is like Huey
2: on, uh, nevermind the buscocks. Yeah. They, he's, they're, 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 they're smashed smashing the cup. The yeah.
0: Are they, are they dropping the mic? Uh, let me just check. Story or do you have details? to complete something new, before you can drop the mic? New.
1: I don't think so. No, you I can not I can... think you can be attacked by having attacked so, the vapors and just not attack to attack the vapors. <laughs> Shot, my goodness!
2: Stop it, back on, back on track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> needs to keep this to fifty minutes, <laughs> not four hours like no, last time. It's Jesus for... <laughs> Christ! Is <laughs> it really? Anyway, well, it really focus, yeah. focus. Yeah. Um, on, on it. That's it, really. Move oh. on. Oh, no, really? but I, I don't want to like. Let's not like overreact about it. But it is definitely a note of. All do right. we know
1: who the project <coughs> is now in hands of, in the hands of?
2: Nah. Well, there's talk about um, Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley like but they're, they're around name, it. But, but I'd assume everywhere.
1: they're working on a follow up to. Anyway, um, whatever.
2: It's just a little reason to be a little bit concerned about Uncharted.
0: Well, uh, uh, Justin Richmond well, did he work on the other Uncharted?
2: yeah, in different capacities. So he oversaw mm-hmm. um, multiplayer. Yeah. On Among Thieves, which is Uncharted Two, and he was the director of Uncharted Three, Drake's Deception.
0: Okay, so I mean, you know, fair enough. It's possible he's been a Naughty Dog for a long time.
1: Yeah, maybe he's just bored and he wants a new challenge.
0: Should have thought that about before he started. On I was
1: going to say starting it and then walking away doesn't send the best. But I message. wonder, you
0: know, if you're the director of a game, I know you've probably got the kind of overview of of how you want it to to go. But um, surely a lot of that is is a, is also a lot a lot of other people are involved in that. Well, the, the usually you usually have partnerships.
2: Like you usually have a creative director and a technical director, right. somebody responsible for character, story, vision, tone, all that sort of stuff. And then you have a technical guy who's actually there working with the developers, coders, mm. realizing that ambition and helping out from a hardware and software perspective. It- um, so it's usually a partnership, which I find interesting. Which is that's what? Drutman Australia had on Last of Us. Mm,
1: yeah.
2: um, so I don't really know what's happened here. We it's, don't have any more information. It's
1: probably worth pointing out that there were rumours when Hennig left that um, there, was, was there was tension between yeah. Drutman and them, but Sony came out and very, very strongly said it could this just is the be... only time we're addressing this because it's crap, but we're not going to have our people's names dragged through the mud. And, Nothing to do with it. And life. it should also be but said. They would say that, wouldn't they? It should
2: also be said. Yeah. Richmond, you know, he is leaving to join Riot Games, He mm. responsible for one of the biggest games in the world. So it's not like he's going. Just anywhere to get yeah. out. It's going to a, a really interesting job.
1: Yeah, exactly. And riots meant to be, have quite an interesting setup internally and how they oh, work. Like got loads of money as well. Also that. Hmm. So you know, it, could, it it could just be completely innocuous. Yeah, but and, Naughty Dog aren't exactly on their uppers, are they? But you on never know because Uncharted In was suddenly Uncharted was the you know the franchise that everyone looked forward to, and then suddenly what the former B team releases The Last of Us, and every, all eyes are on them. Hmm. So you know it could just be the, you know maybe the pressure of creating a good uncharted and living up to the naughty dog name that's a lot of pressure when like you know i'm sure riot he might be able to do something a bit new maybe he you know he's done a lot of uncharted maybe he's just bored of uncharted i just said that yeah i'm just repeating what you said steve and i'm gonna you know repeat
2: what, what i said earlier on he, he should have made that decision before he started working on it yeah good check
1: anyway <laughs> okay um good news if you're a fan good of- news. And you are Stuart.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm very pleased about this. Frozen, which I may have mentioned. Luke's already switched off.
1: I just I just I haven't seen it. I don't even care at this stage. You just sing it all the time and I'm over it. Sorry, Stu. Why Why do you not care about it? Because Stuart sings it all the time. I don't sing it all the time. I I like the Adele Dazine bit. That was fun. Luke, let it go. Let it go okay frozen
0: is now officially the highest grossing animated movie of all time how amazing is that it's bigger than even toy story 3 which was pretty damn large so
2: disney of trump pixar yes even though they own, pixar. Though they now own them yeah but do you know what i mean for a long time within disney animation pixar was revered as the golden child Ooh. and the chosen one the you know the savior, the, the the sa- savior of disney the and um, but now Disney have got back on track and making films every bit if not better than Pixar are producing. Mm-hmm. So, laster effect, perhaps.
0: It does sound like that that way, doesn't it? Maybe that's too
2: easy a narrative to project upon yeah. the recent fortunes of Disney Animation Studios. Maybe Welcome to the Argent UK Podcast, the Disney Podcast. Uh, so
0: let's look at this. So, three hundred ninety-eight point four million dollars at the US box office, and nearly double that, six hundred and seventy-four million dollars internationally. It's also one of the biggest uh, pre-sale, pre-sales of uh, Blu-rays and DVDs in the last decade.
2: But do you do isn't you it? say it's also the top 10 grossing movies of all time? Yes. Yeah. And also, it's the only um, film in that top 10... Which isn't... is isn't a sequel or, or directed, directed by, by James Cameron. There you go. Really? Yeah. What yeah. a depressing thought that is. is James
1: Cameron, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, as in so So are the
2: top ten grossing movies of all time? The sequeled
1: all directed by James Cameron. they're not all directed by James Cameron because I was (laughs) like, that would make me want to kill myself.
2: Probably quite a few of them are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Well, there you go. So uh, also a couple of other. Is that? Can I just say? Is that out
1: on? um, I feel it might be on Apple TV or iTunes for download. Is that out this week? Think it is. It's out on Blu-ray this week. It's out out on DVD, so 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 it probably is on. You know what? I will watch it and we will discuss it next Monday. I kind of wish we could watch it together. Do you? Snuggled well,
0: up on a sofa under a blanket. Well,
1: let's see what we can work out, no, Yeah, That sounds like
0: a plan. Uh, it's also it stayed in the US top 10 for 16 weeks, which no film has achieved since 2002 over, over Crazy. a decade ago. This is it's, it's it's truly a pop culture phenomenon.
1: I need to see I do need to see it. You do need to see you're it. Your way out, step yeah. I, I really wanted to go see it and then I couldn't find how many times to go she... in, and then you kept taking your stupid I, daughter oh, and, I, how. and I was like why are you taking her rather than you know <laughs> me like you could have come with. Well, prioritize. I'm, not, we I'm not sharing you. Because Steve. we do
0: go to the Saturday morning kids shows. You would have got in for a pound 50.
1: Yeah, I'm not sharing you so you can just get that idea out of your filthy head. Unbelievable. Anyway, back on track. So, delighted to say well, congratulations
0: to Frozen. I'm looking forward to to the Broadway show when it's uh, when yes. it's released as well.
1: Do we know if there's going to be a West End transfer yet? Was that Bound too to soon be? To, yeah. Bound to be. You would hope, wouldn't yeah. you? You would. I would. I do. You would, wouldn't I be. am.
2: There's no fooling you.
1: One of my friends who is actually quite... I just lined
2: up a segue there. I well, said, there's no fooling you.
1: Um, oh, okay. We'll come back to that. But one of my friends who is actually um, quite a successful Western actor sang... And a man. He sang Let It Go in, his, in an audition the other day. Really? Yeah. But you're gonna, no, you're gonna Drop a name. Come on. I... I well, it's a guy called Stuart Clark. I went to university with him. He's a very nice guy. Stuart Clark? Hmm. of him. He's the son right. of Paul Clarkson, who, you re- who someone retweeted the other day.
2: He's, he, but he's dropped the son. He's dropped the son from his he name. He has,
1: yeah. He, ironically, despite the fact that he is the son, son of. Love. Here's some good news. Mm. Uh,
0: that their Alien Isolation, yeah. of which we have seen
1: and loved
0: and am very excited about, has got a release date. Now, if you're lucky enough to own a PlayStation 4, an Xbox One, a PlayStation 3, an Xbox 360, or a personal computer with fairly modernised specification, you'll be able to play Alien Isolation from the 7th of October. That's according to Sega, which is great news, isn't it? Are you excited about
1: Alien Isolation? Because you've played yes. a bit.
2: Yes, I am very much indeed.
1: Luke. Hi. Have you played any of it? I haven't, but... I don't know if I'm that excited about it because I'm not very good with scary things. Right, okay. I get a little bit, you know, I get scared of my own shadow, really. Mm. So
0: Now, you've, you've heard about it, of course, and the, the idea is that they're, they're basically taking the essence of what made the 1975 Ridley Scott alien movie so... Yes.
1: Which I have Frankly seen. terrifying
0: and fantastic. And they've they've distilled it into this slightly larger area, so it's not just going to be on board the Nostromo, it's a, it's a much larger area that you play. Once again, though, there is only one xenomorph, as in the original movie As so opposed to colonial
1: a, marines Yeah, so you're Let's not, not, facing you're
0: not just going to be gunning down hordes of the buggers And, you know, the chances are it's going to kill you and you're not going to kill it mm. So it's going to be exceptionally lifelike And of course we've got all these brilliant late 70s looking gadgets as well So there's no flat screen plasma TVs It's all CRT and a bit, mm. a bit crummy looking But crummy in a brilliant way yeah. Not crummy in a we didn't bother taking any time over these graphics kind of way so I'm very excited. I'm stoked, uh, as I believe our U.S. colleagues would possibly say. Yes. It's so led me to think. Yeah. What is the scariest video game you've played thus far?
1: Oh, gosh. Because you just said you scared a video. You scared of your own shadow. Yeah, uh, of game. Which mm. game? Come back to me. I mean, I've got a film that doesn't. Should we start with films then? Yeah. Well, I've got. A, I'm. I'm more like psychological thrillers. I'm slightly better with. Right. So there's a film that I found absolutely horrifying, which don't know else said. Called Wolf Creek. Oh, Wolf my Creek? God, it's fantastic. See, right, you like it. Yeah. I watched it, and there's a bit in it where um, he basically severs someone's spinal cord. Head right? on a stick. Head on a stick. Yeah. And I watched that, and it just made me feel absolutely nauseous. And I was just like, that is grim. Um, in a very, very similar way, very, very weirdly, um, in The Matrix, when they're all getting killed, in the first Matrix, when they're put, he pulls that cypher guy pulls the wires out of the back of their head and they all just drop down nothing wrong with them like kind of so something to do with like brain aneurysms nothing mm. supposedly wrong with you but you are completely completely broken that freaks me out so wolf creek freaked me out anyway but then i showed it to all my friends and um, i think i overhyped it and they were just like this is the worst thing ever but it is really? very much, wolf-, but-
0: wolf creek is i think is an inherently depressing film as well because yeah. it's, it is so horrific and it's i think <clears throat> never mind all these kind of you know, uh, all the all these kind of torture porn movies. I, I think when there's a film where where just one person is an inherently evil person and that comes across, mm. that's the stuff that can. As I get older, that depresses that 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 upsets and depresses me a lot more than, than than films used to.
1: Especially when it doesn't go too far because he is believable in. You know, it's, it's believable that he is just psychotic rather than just kind of this complete completely nihilistic. Weirdo, just kind of, you know, which I think can go too far. But I think it's very well done in Wolf Creek. He comes across as just being a bit bored and looking for kicks. That's the scary yeah. thing. If you're completely not a sadist, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So Wolf Creek, I like his films.
2: I like his films. I like his films, <laughs> as Wolf
0: Creek. I was thinking about, uh, and this is the one I always come back to, because mm. there's just something about it that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, and that's the Robert Wise version of The Haunting from 1963, mm. which is this incredible widescreen, black and white scary movie and it's not scary because of anything that really happens it's scary because of things that don't happen and it's what's unusual about what's unusual insofar as you don't get it anymore is that the film breathes it gives that there are moments of of quietness and there are moments where the camera just lingers for maybe half a second or a second too long on a scene and you're thinking oh did i just something
2: mm. yeah or is that I mean, my it,
0: imagination and- a
2: lot of that, say, like if you go back to the source material the shirley jackson novel the haunting of hill house which is uh, it's the term in the literature is fantastic yeah so this piece of literature that's perfectly poised between a totally rational explanation i.e there are no ghosts everything you've imagined is totally in your head it's in the character's mind or the other resolution is something does objectively exist that is supernatural and i think what the fa- um the Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting does is it's perfectly poised between those two resolutions. So you never know what you're seeing, whether it is filtered through the mind of the lead character and they are inherently unreliable. It's like the turn of the screw or the um, innocence. Yeah. So you don't know whether, I don't know, the, usually in these Victorian novels, it's the female protagonist and she's suffering from some kind of hysteria. <coughs> because of course she is. She's yeah, a woman. She's, yeah. Also hysteria, <laughs> derived um, from the word um, meaning womb.
1: Yeah, hist. H- whatever. Yeah. Hysterectomy, hence all that. Well done, Luke. <laughs> Thanks.
0: That's Luke's some knowledge of the female form there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> well done. But I think that's why
2: I'm it's clamber. really scary, because it's, it's the ambiguity. That's why I and, take antihistamine. And also, both resolutions are scary in their own right. One is ghosts actually do exist, which, blimey Charlie, is pretty scary. Or you're suffering from mental illness, which actually is, is probably you? scarier.
1: Is that one an antihistamine is? It keeps women away. It's yes. like a woman repellent. I thought so. Works quite well, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Remarkably I've been on them all my life (laughs) What about you film wise?
2: Good Um, Probably I think Halloween still Really? I think the original John Carpenter Version of Halloween I I think there's something profoundly scary About someone just standing there Watching you Mm -hmm. Even in the middle of the day When he's stalking Laurie um, Through the early part of the film and she's in She's in English class and she's being taught Hamlet and she looks out the window and he's just stood there from across the street. Mm-hmm. Or when she's walking down the street and he just pops out from the side of the hedge yeah. and just watches her with a kind of inhuman patience that he'll stand there all day long. He wants to kill her, but he'll wait. And that's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying. And it reminds me of the anecdote that inspired um, Wes Craven to make. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you know this story? Yeah. So, one night when West Craven was like, I don't know, 10, 12 or something, he looked out of his bedroom window and he saw this, like, all drunk, like, underneath the street lamp. And he's wearing a red and green sweater, like Freddy Krueger. And he just stood there. And, you know, obviously he ducked away from the curtains, hid. And then he looked back through, through a crack in the curtains. And the guy was still stood there, looking up at him, and started to laugh. And this is an old, like, middle-aged, drunkard man. And he's doing it to torment a little child. And Wes Craven's like, that thought just, like, terrified me. This quite quite an evil sensibility. And that's why I think Freddy Krueger has that kind of little bit of kind of maniacal glee to him. Like, he quite likes being funny with being evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think something about that, being watched. But the person, when you see them watching you, they don't flinch. They yeah. don't care. They're happy for you to know that you're wa- they're watching you. And I think that's why Halloween particularly, still kind of stays with me. And that's why in terms of getting back onto games, maybe, uh, even though it's not a great game, it's a great experience. When we played Slender for the first time sure. in the office a couple of yeah, years ago, same sort that. of thing. You turn around and there's someone in the distance just there. Yeah, They're not going to jump out at you. They're not going to say boo. They're not going like, to have a face that bleeds mm. or their eyes pop out of their heads or tentacles or something incredibly outlandish and elaborate they're just gonna wait and they'll get closer yeah <laughs> that freaks me out
0: there's something to be said about the banality of evil as well i think
2: well there's... fred and rosemary west like, yeah it like, sounds exactly. ridiculous up fred and rosemary west but it's true when you read about fred and rosemary west like ostensibly so incredibly quaint but terrifying mm. yeah
0: there's a, there's a, obviously there's a, there's a, there's a film loosely based on, on Fred and Rose West, which is Mum and Dad, mm. which is a, a really well put together British horror movie about what happens to, to this girl who is taken back to the, to this, uh, what just looks like a normal, um, semi-detached house near, near Heathrow. But then there's another film as well, which I saw recently called Tony. Okay. And it's just about this guy. It's a very low. the title, isn't it? Yeah. Banal, it's called Tony. And he's just this bloke and he lives on his own in, 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 kind of northeast London and he's just got these big kind of glasses on and this horrible little pencil moustache and he's just you wouldn't this is the brilliant thing you wouldn't even notice him walking along the street you wouldn't notice him and it's not and this film plays it really cool and he goes and he gets his milk from the the, the local shop and he takes it home in the little blue carrier bag and he gets there and then suddenly you're aware of this like buzzing noise and you realise that there are flies buzzing around and the reason for that is He's just got a corpse in bed with him of a, of a guy that he met and took back to his house and just slaughtered him, just really casually killed him.
2: This is this based on anything? No, it's, yeah. it's, 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 but uh, it's fiction. Bo but obviously, bears has very strong resemblances to like things like Dharma Den- and Eggie. and, Ed Gein and Gein. people like that. But Gein is also the one, and Gein is kind of like the primal trauma for all American cinema, mm. like Psycho, Texas Chainsaw, Silence of the Lambs, all comes from Gein. Because he was this kind of simpleton in a in a village, I think was it Arkansas somewhere like that, or Wisconsin, and people used to like trust him to look after their kids, and he used to like eat our cereal bowls that were made out of people's skulls. So again, it's the banality of evil. Um, God, how do we get in the pier?
1: <laughs> Taking it
2: all that. in, Fred yeah. and Rosemary like, Westhead gain. Yeah, horror this is tangent.
1: This thing, horror's my, like not for me. I mean, I read Edgar Allan Poe, so like the whole of the Perverse," the whole "Telltale Heart" thing. Like you know, yeah. when you were mentioning that, that That's watching quite
2: high kind of Baroque Gothic. Yeah, like I'm fine
1: with that. Of... That's absolutely fine. I can handle that kind of stuff. Uh, but I guess black... it's more kind of
0: realistic horror that you have, have an issue with, is it?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, there's <coughs> elements of like um, the Watcher it of Poe that got me. Like you know, the kind of whole "The of the Perverse." You know. Doing the wrong thing, no for no rhyme nor reason, it's just because it's the wrong thing, and there's just that that innate curiosity in you where you're like, "Oh, well, you know what? Maybe I'd just like to see what happens. Um, I think
2: I think what games can do in particular mm-hmm. above and beyond films is they can make you experience fear in a very kind of real way. like even though I said find Halloween very kind of unnerving. I don't think there's any film that really, really scares me in the same way that a game is still capable mm, of scaring absolutely.
0: me. I remember, I remember playing Fear on the PC yeah. years ago, uh, and and being genuinely creeped out, but by and um, feeling my heart absolutely pounding because. You are experiencing it. It's yeah. you're not. You're. Not, it's not a secondhand experience of some director who's put this up on a screen. Yeah. You are actually controlling where you yeah. go and what you do. even and I think that's why it's more of a connection. Because
2: even though I think um, a lot of horror cinema, a lot of slasher movies of the '80s, but going back to Peeping Tom, use first-person perspectives quite interestingly. And I think there's interesting parallels to draw between films and games in that respect. <laughs> that horror is a is a genre of filmmaking that likes using first-person perspective, but usually to identify you with the killer. Yeah. Mm. to put you in some kind of collusion with the killer that you're the one stalking. Whereas in games, you tend to be the hunted. Yes. I'm thinking things like Slender, obviously. But then in other games, like Condemned, I found Condemned, there was one of my first 360 games, actually, and I played it around my cousin's house. And he didn't prepare me for what it was. Oh, I was God. staying over the night and turned all the lights out and he's passed me the controller. And I was in this kind of derelict um, tenement block in New York. And you're just walking around and like there's, drug addicts off their face chasing you around in the dark. And you don't have any weapons. You have to like beat them to death with your hands. And there's another bit where he put me on, he skipped me forward. And you're in a vacated uh, department store and there's loads of mannequins hmm. around the place. Oh, and well, midway through the level, in the corner of your eye, you see one of these mannequins begins to move. Uh, it starts chasing you. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. And I, while I can imagine that being a film, I don't think I'd have the same response no. because it's not coming for you. There's still a degree of detachment. I mean, um, the,
1: the only game that I kind of have, which isn't even a horror game, was when I was quite young playing uh, Morrowind, which is the third yeah. Eld- Elder Scrolls game. And I I was in, in a cave, so it was dark anyway. And you're, I was trying to get to, you know, trying to get to the end, see what was there. But it's one of those things of like, as you say, it's a completely different thing. I was, I knew that I didn't have enough health to be in there. I was, you know, pitching above my weight. If anything saw me, I couldn't really win in a fight. So, you know, I'm desperately trying to get through that, you know, get to where I need to go, get the stuff I need and get out. Um, And yeah, I just remember turning a corner and thinking, oh God, I've made it. And quickly running over to like grab the item I need, spinning around again. And this massive, massive, this critical an Ogrim, which is like a big kind of bulky thing, was just there. And I screamed like a child. I mean, I was a child. I was like 10. But like, that's not a reaction I've ever had from from film. Like, I kind of get, I've seen The Woman in Black stage play, which I found mm. quite freaky. Yeah. Um, I haven't but seen But that's the film. because once again. It's the, it's the unknown for me rather and, than And anything. also
0: something like The Woman in Black, you're it's there. It's there in front of you. There mm-hmm. is no kind of artificial screen. Because um, I think the woman in black, it's is it performed in the round?
1: Uh, no, I mean you you end on. But the thing is, she <laughs> she 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 comes into the audience, yeah, which first of all breaks that kind Bit of, of traditional. Spoiler. Yeah, that breaks that traditional audience stage relationships. There's no safety, and also um, that you make good use of gauzes. So where you think yes. there's about ba- you know fake backs everywhere, yeah. so you think oh I'm fine, and then suddenly you're like boom, she's there. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's um it's pretty pretty scary. <laughs>
0: I think this is a good one to throw open to the uh, listeners actually, Mm. uh, Mm. to find out what people think is the scariest game. Or scariest movie that yeah. they've experienced,
2: and there's, I mean, it's worth saying there's loads of games we haven't name checked, that you know, Resident Evil um, and yeah. Silent Hill, Eternal Darkness, Dead and even Space, ones like as I say, more that sort of stuff that's not
1: particularly scary, yeah. but you may have just it may have freaked you out. And
2: I do think a trend this year is kind of a resurgence in horror games. Like I think for the last few years, obviously shooters have been a genre that have kind of thrived and bloomed, and now are maybe slightly wilting. I, find, I think horror it... is something that big, you know, it's thriving on the indie scene. I was gonna and say I think it's... if Alien does well, I, Alien Isolation then you might see that becoming more and more viable at AAA kind of level. I think
1: because so many are kind of going on to PS Plus as well, right? Especially PS4 launch, like last. Outlast and is that. terrifying. You know, so I think that's opened the door for a lot more people yeah. with mm. PS Plus. So. so how
2: can people get in touch, too?
1: Oh, they can send it in via Kara pigeon. Good.
0: Good. Or, or or they could write to us. On that the catchy YouTube. email address. Yes, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Why are we doing something about that? I
2: just... Eventually. No. eventually we embed, we embed eventually. at the bottom of the story eventually. and it's kind of like
0: uh,
1: uh, people have been getting in touch with us they have yeah right so shall I kick off Martin you Cro- normally do hey Martin Cross says hi there I've been reading IGN for years it was my first go to for game industry news but I've often wondered what web websites did you start reading first are there any competitor sites you still love now thank you
0: anyone want to go first or shall I kick no, off no I don't I don't really use the internet good
1: good um I quite like reading Eurogamer. I think Eurogamer have um, very insightful articles. They're a little bit too long for me, um, just in the sense that I don't have that attention span.
0: <laughs> <T-R>.
1: so, <laughs> so That's just even a news story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah. I was like no, nah, not for me. So no, I, cu- I I use I read them because they're very insightful features. So it's quite useful to get ideas for your own starting point. Um, other than that, I don't know. I kind of I came to IGN when I was quite young. Um, And and we we raised you. And you raised me on the board. I was raised raised in the harsh territory of the boards. So, um, yeah, I've seen things. And then um, I basically, the the only other ones that I still read today quite regularly, um, you may know I'm quite an MMO fan. So MMO Champion, I used to read Wow Insider, which is, um, and Massively, which are both part of the joystick network. Um, And I also worked for Massively for a little bit. So I I read them because they give me more MMO news. They let me suckle on that delicious teat until I'm full to bursting
2: until you're absolutely corpulent. I
1: absolutely I really need to get corpel. rid of some of
0: these images that um, are in interesting
2: um, I always used to buy when I was a kid I used to buy two magazines I used to buy Edge magazine I used to buy Empire magazine
1: oh I used to read the in school
2: yeah so Edge magazine I still think regardless of any kind of genre magazine it is the nicest looking magazine that you can buy yes it is stunning Every issue of it is beautiful. Layout on it, everything. It's an amazing magazine. The writing is, is equally great. Mm. Um, and the iPad edition, if you haven't checked that out, is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's what a digital magazine should be like. the The front cover is animated. The way that you can scroll through the images, everything is beautiful. Uh, I think they've done the best kind of leap to iPad. Really embraced it and think. Let's not just. Scans of the magazine on an iPad. Mm. Make it truly interactive, so it's a pleasure to read on an iPad. Mm. Anyway,
1: uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I buy Edge for the editorials as much as anything. Like the features that they do are really, really insightful, really kind of clever.
2: Cause they also get great access, so th- yeah. th- they have some great stuff in there.
1: Uh, yeah, so they're definitely worth. Uh, have, and you? Know? No, I don't. I don't.
2: You get you buy you you I still buy your music? Ma- you still I, buy your music I buy mags, magazines. I,
0: yeah, I buy Mo- Mojo Uncut. I used to buy a terrific magazine called The Word, which was a really good uh, film and music magazine, which unfortunately um, folded. Uh, and it was, it was really that's good. That's what was, you want from a magazine.
2: Normally hey. you
0: do. It was almost like okay, a, well. a kind of British indie vanity fair is the only way I could describe it. And it was a really, really well-written, well-put-together magazine. And I still miss it. It, fold, it folded about 18 months ago, and I wish it was still going. I oh, really, really that's a shame. That's yeah. a shame. Um, and that's kind of it. I used to I used to get all the music weekly music papers yeah. when I was younger. Like and so that would have been Enemy Sounds Record Mirror. Kerrang. <laughs> that's the only one I never used when to When you went with. through your
2: email phase.
1: Yeah. Happy days. Should read the voice of our gen news on Kerrang. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. When I remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh It's like I've either left the iron on or I've forgotten to do Kerrang. <laughs> Some days both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a team we make Let's talk about Traditional media Such as That television Hello IGN UK team Says Cameron Ammo. Am- <laughs> Cameron Amoils uh, Jazz Camoils Is his <laughs> Email Name Jazz Camoils Hmm <laughs> Although it's not directly related to the subject's IGN cover, I just wanted to ask for your opinions on the proposed closure of BBC Three that was announced by the BBC a couple of weeks ago. Personally, I despise the fact that I would be considered part of the age group that the channel is aimed at. I've never had any interest in the channel's programming beyond the occasional Doctor Who or Sherlock rerun. However, I still think that the channel should remain. Mm. I disagree with the idea of BBC Three being replaced with an online-only iPlayer-based service, as I believe that the BBC's role as a universal, all-accessible broadcasting agency means that they have an obligation to continue to support traditional forms of media even if the online space is rapidly growing
2: um, mm. interesting bit right. of alter there I, I will not watch your channel but I will defend your rights broadcast <laughs> good, <laughs> exactly. for them.
0: good for them um, I, I think it's absolutely outrageous that
1: BBC but,
2: so what's the sorry I've missed out here it so the, still going to
1: BBC 3 has been taken off television and is going to be an online yeah. only channel accessible through iPlayer
2: arguably is that is surely they've looked at the data that's maybe how most of those shows are consumed I guess
0: well, that's a very if interesting I, point. If I ever
2: watch BBC Three, and sometimes I do, like I'll come home, I'll stick on the... I don't watch TV anymore. I watch all my B- all BBC stuff through iPlayer. I and I, sometimes, if I want to watch some absolute crap, I'll put on a BBC Three documentary. If I want something on in the background while I'm doing something else, I'll watch one of the absolute ridiculous documentaries they make. I
1: watch Family Guy on BBC Three when I'm in bed, and yeah. I watch um, Sex, and Suspicious Parents which is no longer a point to view television, I hasten to add. It's gone downhill. Um, And other than that... Did Gavin and Stacey start on BBC Three? It 3? did. BBC I'm, Three
0: has been a springboard for, for a lot for of comedians, comedy, yes. right? So, and Little Britain. Yeah. Yeah. unless
1: <laughs> we forget. So I but quite it's like a thing, that. But here's the thing:
0: things like Family Guy, uh, the chances are that will not be available. It went. It's it's not an iPlayer. Yeah, yeah. Only.
1: It's, they never got exactly. iPlayer. They don't yeah. have the licensing do they? <clears throat> so and
0: that's the problem. But you know, if we're, we're talking about BBC Three, it, it, it would be, to my mind, it would be like the BBC getting rid of Radio One. Yeah. Just, just getting to a point we're saying right if you're under 25 we are simply not interested we don't care about you which is crazy because if they if they if they decide that a demographic is is not for them oh. how is that demographic supposed to then get on the next rung of the it's not, is that right not early?
2: what are they not saying they're going to make it available in the way that that demographic primarily consumes it so therefore save the expenditure of broadcasting it because all the people who actually enjoy that stuff are consuming it online
1: that does make more sense when you can do the fact that's probably why they haven't done it with bbc4 right because they're not like the ma- an ipad near my But like the major expense is bbc4
0: is not safe the, BBC, the major expense they've said that they've not said that bbc4 is safe in fact they've said the opposite they said that we are still looking at cutbacks bbc4 is not immune from these cutbacks like the major expense is
2: mm. surely producing the shows which yeah. they're not stopping so they still they are still catering for that audience they're just doing Doing it in a more targeted way and not wasting the money on the broadcast which no one's watching i guess i yeah, guess that's what i'm inferring
0: in, in the general scheme of things broadcasting it not the major, major expense
2: I, do you think i don't know how much that would cost though like surely keeping that running every single day like
0: it's, it's about 50 million a year which is which in the scheme of things isn't actually a massive amount of money for the bbc
2: I guess, but if everyone's watching the shows elsewhere, Mm. it is probably a big expense that you could save, for instance. Mm. Say something like 80% of BBC Three shows are consumed via iPlayer. Then if you were a bookkeeper at BBC, you'd probably go, move that all online. I don't know, I'm playing devil's advocate. So what happens?
0: I mean, are we getting to the stage where live television is, is an anachronism. I, I've started
2: watching live TV since I moved to London gradually more and more. Like I got a huge, I got a really great 40-inch Samsung TV a couple of years ago when I broke my leg. I thought, I need to invest in the television. I'm going to be at home for a bit. Yeah. And I've never watched live TV on it.
1: I mean, I, I watch... all through my laptop because you still get live TV through your laptop yeah. sometimes. I mean, I watch some live TV but to be honest, by the time I'm, do- I'm done... Doing all the chores I need to do and everything after work. I mean, I'm not ready to actually sit down and watch anything until about 9.30, at which mm-hmm. stage, you know, most things start at 9 or something, so I've missed half of it. So then I just think, oh, never mind, I'll record it tonight and I'll watch it tomorrow. Mm. I have
0: to agree. I just don't have time, really. I find that most of the time now it's Netflix or iPlayer. Or download a
2: yeah. um, bit of iPlayer to your phone, watch it on the tube. and yeah. you commute in...
0: Mm. There are very
1: few things that you need to watch live.
0: and and
2: sport honestly sport and stuff like that are one of the few things that you do have to watch live well it's
1: it's the Netflix model isn't it like in the sense of why they were like with House of Cards we're (laughs) going to release it all in one (coughs) fell swoop because people don't sit and watch episodes you know they stock it up and you have a binge on like a weekend and that's kind of what I'm doing with Game of Thrones season 3 I've read the book so I know what happens and everything but I'm watching it all now right before season 4 kicks off
0: I wish iPlayer was as good as Netflix though in, in in the kind of speed and the quality. I
1: wish you
2: know when you stream something live from the BBC, like yeah. watch live from ITV or BBC, it was in HD. Mm. Like mm. they figure out the compression algorithm or whatever it is. My, my I don't understand why it's not in HD. I play
1: I play is quite good on my PS3 and PS4 streaming using the apps. Yeah. I don't have any issues there. Yeah. And 4OD has gotten better. 4OD used to be really terrible. I, ITV plays. Crap! Yeah. yeah, that's not in HD at all. No, but and that's, you have to sign up. To yeah, use it. That's crazy. It I, just seems like they've ported it over. Rather well, even than actually even on the from,
2: that, from now on, yeah. Really? I think they brought it in recently. That's shocking. So I watched The Widower the other night. It's very good, by the way. Who's in that? reese Shearsmith. Oh, Ooh. yeah uh next bit of feedback is from royce butler um i'm not really sure what you mean here um Royce, so let's read it out loud and see if we can work out um, um do you guys think ps4 will ever receive games from the backlog as the ps plus freebies thus far every game offered has been free as its release on the system which is pretty remarkable do you think he means older games that were way back on
1: ps plus in the past he either means that or I think he I don't know if he means sorry Royce so, if I'm not understanding does oh, he I th- mean PS4 release titles that have come so out of a physical disc I kind of think that because I think what he's saying is that you know we oh, had, yeah, we had um, forward, Outlast yeah. and then we had Contrast and then we had Mer- so the or more the kind and of and like Kings. the lighter
2: titles and arguably the, this thing they, the indie right, titles right, that yeah. kind of
1: are released as part of PS Plus and then after the month they become yeah. you can buy them you don't they're not available and then it's announced that they're part of PS right, Plus
2: right so t- I think that is what Royce is meaning I think I think ultimately in the long run, they're just not going to cannibalize sales of those launch yeah. games for a long while. But I would argue this but is Probably, is really, like, probably, probably this nine is, months, But surely this is
1: a really, really good thing, right? So they're not doing that whole thing of like, they could have released Mercenary Kings last month and been like, you know, let a whole group of people desperate for a new game buy it. And then be like, oh, did we not tell you? Oh, sorry, we're going to put it on PS Plus. So it could have been free. Yeah. You could have saved your money. They're literally introducing it and they're saying, right... It's going to be here, and it's going to be free for the first month it's on there. And then after that, we're going to charge you for it. So yeah. if you want to try it out, try it out now. Yeah. So surely that's the better way and, to do it. And
2: also, it, from Sony's perspective, like wrangling the economics of this and the rights, it's probably easier to pay the developer of Don't Star for a month of exclusivity than going, hey, Infamous. Which yeah. obviously not going to do because that's a system seller. Yeah. Um, in the long so. run, in a year's time, totally. Because PS Plus is a service that I think survives on... Being kind of revered as a really brilliant deal, yeah, and I think they want to be protective of keeping that going. That everyone looks at that service, goes, "That's a killer service."
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then I've got one from uh, Damien Huxtable, who says, hi guys, Damien here from Cardiff. Just wanted to see, uh, to play Devil's Advocate regarding spoilers, particularly after the last episode. Um, I don't know if this is a superhero show. Uh,
2: It is um, last week's podcast. So again, we should just say a little spoiler warning. A little spoiler for 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 the Arkham games.
1: Um, So Krupa pointed out that the Joker um, sadly passes away in the Arkham games. Sorry. And stated, if you've not played Arkham City, it came out three years ago, so what are you waiting for? Another unrelated yeah. argument used frequently to defend violent games is the parents should be monitoring more closely. So, if this ch- if a child is 10 when Arkham City comes out, three years later he's only 13 and is still too young to play the 15-rated game. Um, his parents monitor what he plays closely, as often requested by video game representatives, and so he has now had the game spoiled through no fault fo- fo- of his own. Interested to hear your take on this. Keep up the good work.
0: Oh, boo-hoo. So you're <laughs> young. Get over I d- yourself. I just... <laughs>
2: I think it comes to the problem with spoilers in general. I think we live, especially on the internet, in very spoilerific, spoilerphobic times. But
1: we've talked about this before and, we, and like, I, we th- I think we've gotten a lot better. I've even
2: written something about spoiler-phobia yeah. for the site. It's everyone just overreacts. And I, yeah. t- like, but also I, I sympathise because I wouldn't want certain things spoiled for me at all. Like, mm. I wouldn't want season three <laughs> of Game of Thrones spoiled for me. I would have that would have really upset me and ruined the show but I think there has to be a moratorium on when you can and can't really speak agree. about things otherwise you just infinitely defer in the conversation and then you never get around to discussing anything
0: yeah. and you know what something else is going to come along that you can be part of because yeah. that's life yeah mm.
2: it's, uh, the worst is when you write something about like a novel or something or Sherlock Holmes people got spoiler it's like it's been out for over a hundred years like
1: yeah. yeah well I mean my thing is I have successfully managed to keep the Game of Thrones Season 3 spoilers from my flatmate for... Well, since they happened last year. And so I'm quite proud of that. And I'm now going to... You've sh- kept them from him? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I've kept it going. Yeah, I've kept the mystery. Which is... You'll I, probably make it now. I Well, I hope so. But I, probably, I assume probably. with it launching next week, yeah, there's going to be wrap Well,
2: I've seen a couple of things on Reddit referring to the events. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so... I I, I think there saying. needs to, I think there needs to be enough now we can talk about it but i I sympathize obviously nobody wants anything spoiled but you have to discuss things sometimes
1: yeah it's different i yeah i think if you know you've seen something you don't go straight on social media and say that Mm. all
2: i yeah be sensitive yeah
1: i mean i've got quite a few group chats with friends on my phone and like i just kind of drop into that did you guys see this and then you know people can either flag an interest or not and then we chat or we don't
0: jimmy can you come in here yes mummy it's about daddy he's not your real father
1: spoiler alert mum I know can you imagine Yeah. but in- interesting that you said Jimmy because he used Jimmy in the thing and I see said see get that Gilbert Botham brilliant name
0: that actually sounds like a Viz character Gilbert Botham brilliant <laughs> hey, he's from Chicago he won't know what Viz is he might be. I don't know what Viz Probably is important. what is Viz
1: do you know what, know what Viz, Viz is? is no what's Viz I feel old now wow. what was Viz Not as old as you.
0: we'll explain on, off, off podcast no we won't explain Viz is like a, an adult comic Full of, full of ridiculous characters and uh, Is it slightly smutty? Yeah, yeah, a little bit.
1: But like classy smut?
0: No, not, not classy at all. You would never level classiness at Viz.
1: Okay. Yeah. So just smut.
0: Buster Gonad and his unfeasibly large testicles was one character. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the others. Um, what was the one that you just said? Oh, uh, and Johnny Fart Pants.
1: Okay, and who, yeah. what is this guy's name? The Fat
0: Slags. This is Gilbert Botham. Of the fat slide. Okay, good. Well, I feel I've learnt something. Hey, guys, he says, do you think that the layoffs at the Sony Worldwide Studios in the UK are worrisome? It seems that there's been a lot of layoffs from a lot of these studios. I also love the podcast. Keep it up. Thank you. We we kind of touched on this earlier, right? Touch what?
1: (sighs) Each other. Um, We did kind of touch on this earlier with the Naughty Dog thing, right? Mm. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't be... I'm not particularly concerned. Well, Sony's pitching it as development cycles, right? So when you start a project, you need a lot of... Development um, muscle behind a project, then you get it out the door and you're like, hey, okay, now we can do We kind don't of need write- all these idiots yeah, exactly. anymore. All of you, take a hike. Yeah, we're back at the des- design stage, so everyone gets out yeah. and then you rehire people. But I don't know if that's necessarily true because a lot of these games seem to. There's layoffs at evolution, and Drive Club is very much in full on development at the moment uh it was guerrilla cambridge who were meant to be working on a game i think for ps4 they were the guys who did Killzone zone for mercenary for um vita and they have been meant to be working on a title for a while and then sce london which was the one who did playroom or is it playroom yeah that's Mm -hmm. the Mm free-to-play camera stuff on Mm -hmm. ps4 they also had um layoffs and again that seems that was about six months ago so Mm -hmm. would they only be doing layoffs now i mean it's right before the end of the financial year so it might just be them Trimming the fat, as it were. No disrespect, but you know they have Sony. Sony, as a company, not the games division, but as a company, Sony is, you know, still not yeah. exactly in the best of shape. No, it's no. Not, there's still stuff that needs to be done.
2: This reorganizing over time, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't. Don't read ring too any alarm bells it. yet. Yeah. <coughs> no,
0: don't bother ringing
1: any. Bells. <laughs> I mean, this is the other thing as well. Sony is in a very fortunate position that it has so many first-party studios, right? So, if it decides to do layoffs at several of them, to my, you know, to keep an eye on the bottom Gil, line. Gil, I hope
0: that's answered your question. I'm going to stop Luke talking because he's just banging on. Uh, IGN Good. underscore feedback at IGN.com is the address to get in touch with us at, two with, and on. Yes. Out this week, Luke Carmali. Games are coming out.
1: Uh, yeah, they are. So we have two games this week. Uh, Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends, mm. which is a thing. Um, and then also The Elder Scrolls Online, which I'm already playing and enjoying a lot. And if you want to play with me, I am on the EU mega server so is there a name Do we have well yeah name? I mean you, I'm Neelan so it's N-E-L-A-H-N if you want to play with me just hook me up or hit me up hook,
0: hook up your hit ups hook up hit, my hit ups up so what? yeah
1: I'm uh, but yeah it's very good um, and our review should be our review should be live before too long our review in progress is already up I believe it is indeed yes so yes don't isn't, believe yeah it's good isn't goat simulator out this week as well it is it's not on that list but goat simulator mm. is out and we gave it an 8 out of 10 because it's apparently very Hilarious. satirical and funny mm.
2: embraces bugs yeah, game-breaking bugs and the kind of ridiculousness of physics engines gone awry.
1: Yeah, it's I'm like, pleased about
0: this, mm. but I hope it's not going to start a spate of these kind of non-game games. Do you know what I mean? The, the gag's been done now.
1: Yeah, let's, leave it alone. Yeah,
0: let's not do it again. Okay, it won't be as funny. No. Okay. All right.
1: Okay, Stuart. Thank God that didn't happen with Flappy Bird, right, or anything like that,
0: or something like that. Yeah. There are films coming out this week as well like in the cinemas.
1: There is. Uh, did, we, them- did we say Dynasty Warriors
2: as well? Yeah, we did. Yeah. But we didn't really talk about okay. it. Dynasty
0: Warriors 8 Extreme Legends.
1: I feel that's a special Catchy. version of it. I think Dynasty yeah, Warriors 8 came, came out last year yeah. um, on
2: Xbox and PS4. I
1: feel I have it, but I don't actually remember much about it. Good. Lou no. reviewed it?
0: <laughs> Amazing scenes. I didn't. The first film uh is uh noah getting biblical isn't it eh well not really Uh, it It takes it takes takes a bible story as it's kind of jumping off point no but like i said (laughs) like i said it
2: embraces a lot of other um (laughs) scripture and non-canonical biblical texts
0: this ain't no king james is it?
2: No, it isn't. No. But then the original Bible was Nook in <laughs> That's quite true. <laughs> um, so it does it is based on various kind of Jewish texts and stuff for some of the weirder stuff in the film. Mm. But what I would say, if you've seen the trailer of the poster for Noah, the final film is nothing like that poster trailer makes out. No, it's it, a lot it, longer. It's taken <laughs> all of the kind of weirder stuff that's in that film out of it.
0: It's made it look like, like a fairly straightforward made drama.
2: It, made it look like Passion of the Christ, yeah. because you know what? That will bring in a lot of It'll bring in the religious religious pound. What the religious Chris green, got got
0: it? Banks, green banks. Greenbacks. You know there's
2: the grey pound? Yeah. What was it like the religious pound or something? Yeah. The, the
0: papal pound. The papal pound. There Very go. good. There you go. the um, Protestant pound?
1: No. No. The um, Catholic quid. I said the Catholic coin. But there's loads of Catholic weird stuff in there. Good. There's yeah. loads of weird, yeah. interesting stuff in there.
0: The Church of England, Bank of England. Back on track. Holy hundreds. <laughs> the double is out. Richard Ayoade's uh <laughs> film based on a Dostoevsky novel. Yes. He's very.
2: Fyodor Mikhailovich Dostoevsky um, Eucharistic off, Euros
0: off. Sorry, I'm <laughs> done
2: Yeah, this is going to work well as a cut out
0: yeah. It's very good, the double is very good It's got that fella in it who's the miserable fella. Jesse Eisenberg That's the one, yeah He's in it, but he's very good in this He plays himself and That's also, unusual for him And he also plays not himself oh, You see, it's all about a, a man fun. Whose life is turned upside down When an identical man to him Comes into his life
1: Not his twin No Oh, I thought no. I just figured out a spoiler. No, oh well. absolutely not.
0: Uh, and it's really good. If you like, if you like good Terry Gilliam movies, you'll like this. Okay. And if, if you like bad Terry Gilliam movies, you'll probably like this. <laughs> cool. So yeah.
2: everyone covered then.
0: Everybody and Rio Two is out. The. Eagerly awaited sequel? Has it got Johnny Depp in it? Am I making that up? I think you're, I think making, you're that making that up. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of Rango, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I am thinking yeah. of Rango.
0: Yeah. No, this has got one of them from uh Flight of the concords that doesn't write the songs for the Muppet movie.
2: Oh, so the good one.
0: Yeah. Is it Jermaine?
2: <laughs> um. yeah So. Yeah.
1: This don't, has. Don't box p- it. This
2: also has Jay- Jesse Eisenberg in. Does it? <laughs> yes, it does. Wow. Jamie Fox, Andy Garcia.
1: Oh, I know Andy Garcia. Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen um, who?
2: Kristen Chenoweth She was, she uh, was the in, original Glinda in Wicked She was wh- and in, in West Wing
1: Amazing
0: <laughs> 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 Yeah <laughs> But oh, real good. 2 If you're going to go see knowledge. that You probably don't need any convincing No, probably no. not Go and cool. see the double though I'd like to know what everybody thinks of it Okay You might think it's really boring
1: And what can How do they let us know? Email us At oh, don't do IGN that. underscore UK feedback At IGN Yeah All Right. Good, and on that note, uh,
0: uh, we are going to disappear up our own orifices uh, because we've got work to do to bring you more exciting stuff on the website. Uh, So until next week, thank you so much for listening, and if you've been watching, thank you so much for watching as well. We will see you. Some of us will see you, some of us might not see you. It might be all of us, it might be none of us. Next week, goodbye.
1: Bye. Bye.